Hey everybody, this is Carrie Ockery and you are listening to the Between You and I Bad Grammar podcast and this is number two. Ooh, number two. You're growing with us. You're going to... You're going to watch me flounder. You're going to watch me succeed. I don't know. Um, but today I brought my awesome friend, Kim Byron, and forced her into this room. This is her first podcast. Yay! Um, but I'm referring to like all the podcasts as a conversation, so it doesn't seem so like a radio show. because chatting. I'm not heading in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. No. Um, so uh, my whole goal of these things was just to have good conversations because I've been having them and they're really fulfilling and needed and therapy and I just thought well that's kind of a cool art form and lots of people are doing it um and I thought why not me I'll do it as well you should yes you are um so we were just starting to chat we thought oh god you gotta turn it on because we're already starting to talk and you and I will talk for a long time we will go we have and we were just talking about what were we just talking about oh this space yes So this space uh, is in an active space, and it's actually going to go away, but I was laughing embarrassingly when Kim said, oh, how long have you had this space? And I was like, "Mm, six months, and I've been in it maybe three times. And I was like, (laughs) light that money on fire. Waste of money. And yeah, my husband's like, any day now, you can get rid of that. But I had high hopes. I had it as like a personal, you know, creative fort or vision quest place, but like the past because I've had a space in here in the active space before and never came then either and I just find it at this stage in my life when when there's a full-time job or there's you know my son or family it's not as easy to just leave them I don't feel like I have a lot of time with them during the week you get like it's almost like you need it in your house so you can just kind of cruise downstairs and Lock the door. Yeah. Yeah. I need it private. It can't have any invasions. But actually... Yes. That would be perfect. I do. Come on, Marty. Make a shed. I know. I need a man shed. (laughs) For me. Yeah. Which means flooring and, you know, nice things finished. Curtains. uh, Curtains. Yeah. At least. (laughs) Curtains. Um, So I just find it very hard. I get in here and then I just feel kind of isolated and lonely. So experiment number two... um, blah 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 who cares so I'm leaving this space and in the future we will either do these um, podcasts at my house or uh, we were talking about over the phone so oh yeah then yeah you can cast your net wide yeah exactly it'll be like creepy calling people <laughs> like, hey you want a podcast <laughs> you feel like podcasting well you just don't tell them just yeah. record it just record it isn't that probably illegal ooh you said some shit on the phone <laughs> you're in trouble you're gonna be sorry now that's a bad road though mm-hmm. I yeah. can really abuse power that way yeah. but I will say so um so my short background on you, I met you because you and I have been in music together for the duration of over 20 years, yep. and you were in Lazy Susan, and that's my, how I know you as well. Plus, you're also married to the wonderful Chris Frill. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> um, lovely family, town. And so, um, but you and I over the years have had lots of conversations, and we have the same worries, and um, it's just been a real uh, godsend to call you sometimes, who call somebody you and be able to admit like the the dumb things that I'm worried about. Like you, oh, yeah. you and I can call and I'll say there's a big show coming, and neither of us will talk about like, oh yeah, the songs and all this. We'll be like, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm freaking out. I feel fat. Like exactly. what, what should I wear? And like the truth is that is the biggest fearful thing for me oh yeah 
Because singing, not a problem. Yeah. Fills my soul. Yeah. Um, playing with everyone and being surrounded by music, a pleasure. Oh, yeah. Um, not feeling good about how I look. And, I mean, I have felt this way all the way back to Hammerbox. No, it's always nerve-wracking. And Christopher will be about a few days before a big show. He's like, you do have figured out what you're going to wear, right? Because he, <laughs> he has experienced many times when I'm standing in front of that closet yelling, throwing clothes down. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he prefers that I have it already in my mind. But you were saying he also gets you. Oh, yeah. You know, like he's a huge support. So he's well, like, he all right, Tim. Yeah, and he doesn't, um, he doesn't go there with me. He's just kind of, <laughs> do your thing, and I'll come back after you. Settle down. Because <laughs> some guys would engage with you, and that just doesn't do anything but escalate the problem that... Right. Then it's just crazy pants. Well, you don't need too crazy in the round. No. Right? Yeah. You need an opinion to get outside of your head. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I need that opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, you know what surprises me is I think Marty actually has an amazing, good, good fashion yeah. sense. And Chris will do that too. He'll be like, well, you know, you do the shoe thing, you know, this shoe. Yeah. I got a shoe. And he's like, so yeah. Yeah. It helps to have somebody. But I do miss, I miss the time in my 20s being surrounded with other women, living with them, and you're just, right. you go in and be like, can I borrow that? Or what do you think about this? Or I kind of miss that at times. Yeah. Because Chris Friel, he's, you know. He doesn't fill in the blank yeah, that no. much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like I've always wanted to be feel free and not burdened by caring, you yeah. know, like just, uh, I mean, in my mind, I have grandiose ideas of what I want to wear. Like I still, I have visions of like a, a, a Victorian high neck, blood red lace, like dress, you know, like kind of, I'm going to wear that one day, like an Elizabethan with a oh, big yeah. bustle out the back, like just like a queen, you know, or big things. But what I find interesting is that when I go to dress up, I feel extremely vulnerable Whereas other people put on armor and uniforms to feel stronger. Oh, yeah. I feel way I feel more conscious. Yeah. Like, like, get it off me. Yeah, like, Chris got me this really cool hat for Christmas, and I wanted it, and it's this kind of gray, floppy hat, and I haven't worn it because I'm wearing a hat. I feel so conscious <laughs> when I'm wearing it. <laughs> well, because do you in your mind go, you have the other voices in your head that you think are out there? Oh, yeah. Like, what's up with the fucking hat? Yeah. What, what's she trying Why to look like? She thinks she's hip? <laughs> yeah, who does she think she is? She J-Lo right now? Yeah, exactly. For me, too, on for stage stuff, it's like I want to feel, you know, good, but I also have to feel comfortable. Like, they have, like I can't wear funny yeah. shoes and I can't. I'm kind of clumsy and I don't yeah. want to fall over. And, you know, I, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think about like Lady Gaga, and I admire the the oh, orchestration. Yes, but I the the just the labor. Oh yeah, of all putting it all together would make me so ungrounded. No, and she's and I like I'm the same way with you. It's like it's just so impressive. But I just yeah, I like I would get uncomfortable. I, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I still want to overcome that though. Yeah, Be- and I, I like to figure should, it out. I think uh, the whole time that we've been friends. And we've done music. I think you've always had these inclinations to wanting to do these more bigger uh, dress, not dresses, but you know, just yeah. present elaborate. Yeah, yeah. I think that's still in your One future. Day. I think you should do it. Yeah, you know what part of it is is that I don't, and it's and I can get it. I don't have any experience working with like a, a tailor or. It, maybe an independent um, art institute well, back, student. Like back to Lady Gaga, she has a whole team. Like well, she yeah. has people that, and I think she had those people probably in place from the get go. You know, and I think it's that thing you'd have to maybe someone at the art institute that's doing yeah design. 
I just have to learn how to do that. Yeah. Gather those people. Um, tell them all they have to work for free. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> you can just, you know, if it matters, you hope you have cachet enough to say, you yeah. can say you did this show, put in your portfolio or something like that. Because um, I also think that people have the mistaken identity that we have money or something. Like, oh, if yeah, you're known no. at all, no. like, oh, you must have, like, no, there's no money. Deal. Yeah. Oh, check my savings. Yeah. <laughs> I will be I'll be working until I die. Yes. Either that or eating cat food. No. <laughs> I won't let it come to that. No cat food for you. Thank Although you I hear it's food. not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Friskies. Or dog food or something. I don't know. No, gross. Brian's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies. It sounds pretty terrible. Yeah. It sounds, yeah, I don't know. Desperate times. But, I mean, I think what I'm learning this year, you know, we've talked about the, the levels of, as you, you know, keep growing and getting older, like the levels of lessons never end. And I feel like there's a lesson of persevering and asking and doing yes. that I think I wasn't doing in the past. I think I got comfortable and rested on my laurels a little bit yeah. in my mid twenties to thirties. Yes. I mean, I had a as experiences go, I think I had it pretty good. I, oh, yeah. No. I experienced a lot, run. but there was a modicum of effort, I feel like, yeah. that went, oh, oh, shit's just happening. Like, all right. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And so I got really used to that. Or I'm going to gather up talent around me and utilize some of my talent. And, oh, boom, other things are happening. Now, I don't know. Other people might say, I'm pretty sure a lot of work went into that. And I'm like, it did. But it feels different when you're going net new again. Well, now it does. But I also think, too, it's like... It's always, you look back and you're like, did I do enough? Should I have done more? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it, at that time, it, you are doing a lot. And more, especially if yeah. you're forming a family and doing, you know, you know, maybe you want to pay a mortgage and not be totally broke all the time. And, oh, we're going to get to that, aren't we? Yeah. That's Seattle. But, um, yeah, well, and you, you hit on a good point. Life is very different than my 20s. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm still wrapping my head around <laughs> You know, like, I think a few years back, I was definitely like, well, I can do it all, you know? I can do it all. I have a baby, and I work, and I'm like, no, you actually can't. I'm like, what? Yeah. In your 20s, of course. Yeah, everybody thinks that. Yeah. It took me a long time, though, to, like, just be like, no, you actually have a limited amount of time. Like, I think I had a breakdown around that. Like, what? Like, in some depression. Like, Well, and I think it's also interesting for women in this generation. It's, you know, you know decades ago women stayed home and they weren't but now there's just no way they're going to stay home nor do they want to stay home and so you're you're expected to work full-time and yet what you're doing at the home is still kind of on a larger you know it's a more intense level so it's like hopefully in the generations to come that'll even out more but right now I think for women particularly it's you can do it all you in fact we expect you to do it all right you know. But I think something loses out in the translate. You know, you lose out being oh, yeah. your child or, or participate, really feeling life, you know, or being in it and being present. Oh, yeah. Right? I remember I, I talked to my mom um, about, like, my angst, you know, like, oh, I want to ride. i got to find time to ride. i got to find space to ride. And I was like, how did you do it? Because she was a single mom with two kids. Yeah. And she had me when she was 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was really young. Was she pursuing something creative as well, though? No. Her, so her answer was, yeah, I didn't have that problem. Yeah, no. <laughs> she's like, I just try to make sure we have food on the table. Yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't have this problem, this angsty problem you have. She goes, I liked our routine, and I was happy. That's, yeah. I was good. You but, have this extra thing that... 
Oh, I and I think that's part of the reason. There are many reasons why I don't have kids, but the, one of the reasons that I, I can't work a full-time job on that level and play the mus- music that I want to play and have a kid and not feel... You know, I would have been irritated, I think. Yes. A lot. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. It would have caused stress down the line. And I think it's particularly hard when you have two musicians because it's like, why are you going out to play and I'm staying here? Right. And that's not a nice mom thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're totally right because it is 24-7. I mean, I feel I'm connected to Orion. And so if I'm leaving a lot and he goes, no, I mean, oh, that, yeah. that tears me up. Like, it makes it less fun when I'm going to go do it do other things. in the beginning. You know, as I leave the house, um, that's tough. It no, does. It would, yeah, be very hard. Yeah, so anyways, so I'm, you know, I vacillate between uh, recognizing those limits and making sure I'm taking the time to participate and appreciate what I have and also remembering life is long, knock on wood, you know? Well, and things you have, there's a time and place, you know, it's that season, it's in, and this will pass and Orion will be older and less dependent on and less caring of, you know, not, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because they get more independent. He's not going to care about me at 13. <laughs> he may not. He may not. A good chance. But that's exactly when you start the punk rock band. Yeah. You're like, oh, you think I'm not cool? Okay. <laughs> I will punk rock you. I'm going to show you a little something. Yeah. He won't be in the punk then. He won't be. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my mom's so embarrassingly punk. Yeah. Yeah. It'll probably be a new wave anyways. And he'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> Smelly. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good. It's just funny, though, the life lesson, like, just as you go along, trying to sort things out or just net new learn things. Oh, yeah. Because I was saying to a friend today, I said, you know, my 20s, let's say 18, leaving the Tri-Cities, coming here, um, even into my mid-30s, I always felt I had a trajectory forward. Yes. Didn't know really what was going to happen next, but I felt safe and comfortable in the um, possibilities. And I would say later 30s and then starting a family and other things that disappeared well yeah it, ch- it just changed midlife it's midlife I've definitely midlife is real um and it's funny because they talk about that midlife crisis like I'm gonna mm-hmm. you know start dating a 20 year old or or buy a Corvette but I think that's so much more nuanced and I don't think they really talk about that and I think that yeah. the loss that we both have shared with the loss of our mom mm-hmm. and um just other things that are so much heavier that come into it. I don't. Oh yeah. I don't think I realized. Yeah. The impact that it was going to have. Like, like oh. Okay. It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely heavy. I re- just read a book. Probably the best book I've ever read, concerning midlife, by the woman who wrote *A Secret Life of Bees*. You were talking about that book. What's that book? Ah, I gotta look it up. I know. I'm terrible at titles. Okay, I'll look um, it up. Sue Monk. Sue Monk. Um. I'll have to look it up. Okay. See, this is when I need the person like on the Nerdist who's like, go look that up. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Ryan's going to do it right I'll now. All right. Hey. Okay. Because I'm but, mostly quiet. I'll that's wait. right. <laughs> but, the, but, I, but she, I swear every chapter, for the most part, was she would say things where I'm like, exactly. And I'd never heard it said like that. Yes. Where at some point it's like a re, it's a cocooning and re-transforming. Well, there's the, I mean, there's a flip side of that where you know yourself better and you're, um, I was reading this other book, and see that's what see happens. Yeah. See, we just forget. <laughs> but she was saying, "Go to know yourself." She's like, "I like this. I don't like this," and and yeah. just own it. And part of that, and also for me, um, I'm an impatient person, but in, in some areas, it's like I'm more relaxed about stuff. Yeah. That being said, I'm not a relaxed person. <laughs> 
Chris, you don't think so? No. Uh, no, Chris, ma'am. Chris Real is like, you're a wound, like a top. I'm like, I know. But you're a thinker. But you've got a lot of ideas and you're smart and you're like, you're going on, you're going 100 miles an hour in your head. Oh, yeah. I bet. And I get things done. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm a doer. It's, I'm, I'm, you know, and that was years ago. My mom, I was like telling my mom, like, I'm easygoing. And she was like, she's like, no, you're not easygoing. <laughs> you know, my mom said, she's like, thank God you're not your own mother. <laughs> so we just, so um, Ryan did find it's called When the Heart Waits. Okay. Spiritual direction for life's sacred questions. She she's definitely um, Christian, um, and will and will it has that language in there, but I didn't really care about that. No, I mean that's her thing. She said and she's very open about like, hey, this is her language. This is whatever. But she on so many chapters just nailed it. Like just nailed exactly how I feel. Just the ambiguity and the loss of sense of direction and what she comes to understand which I think is true is that there's a point in midlife where her metaphor and she actually has is a a caterpillar that goes to cocoon and then resurfaces but the the power of change is in the waiting yeah, and the sitting and the silence, like change. And you and I are both so, so good not with this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that's cool. We'll just wait. I'll just sit here, and the yeah. answers will get to me eventually. I'm like, oh yeah, right? Isn't that a joke? But I understood what she said that at some point, it's probably. A, I think it's more of a, also a touch on believing that like everything's happening. As it should. And it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And that's Answers think, come. That's where I think faith is. I think, and I'm not religious by any means at all. And, and I think sometimes there, I do, you lose out on that having that faith. Because I think organized religion kind of gives you that. That's a nice thing to have. Well, and depending on the religion, they're showing you their doctrine. You know, yeah. Their version of a lot of, some, I mean, a lot of them all say the same thing. Oh, of course. Which is great. But, um... It's just well, I've never been to church. I've never. I went to church for about four years um, when I was dating somebody else, and I went mostly because I think I really needed community. Yeah. And the music community at the time, I think we were got, had gotten into a harsh place, and so there wasn't a lot of love there. Yeah. And so what church did provide is true commitment to oh, yeah. you as a person. Like you call me, you need me, I'm there. And I wasn't really having that in the music scene. No, and I think that. Yeah, I think that the community is such an important thing. I mean, we, it's, yeah, humans need it, and we, and that's for so many le- on so many levels. Church has provided that, but it's yeah, yeah. But I still get itchy when I go to like um, I'm sorry, I just do itchy when I go to a Christian church because it feels I'm not a club person. No, and so the, I feel like everyone's pitching me to be in the club, and and it starts to make me feel kind of claustrophobic. Like, uh, yeah, I I'm, can't go there with you. Like, I. I I believe everything you're saying, but I also believe in Buddha and I believe in a higher power. And well, that's the thing. There's just so much out there, so it's hard for me to like. You gotta yeah. Be able to see the yeah. It's not just yours. More power to everybody else. Yeah, I, I think it's a wonderful thing, and and but I just I just don't think that's me. I'm gonna read that book though. I think that it was uh, literally. I didn't know that she was Christian. Um, so really, the first half of the book was the one where every chapter where I was I was like, oh my, oh yeah, oh my god, because it actually was how I was feeling. I'm like, oh, my old ways aren't working. No. Like my managing this or A-typing it to death or seeking answers is not... You know, they say... fixing it. Um, that people, it's like they're really happy younger and midlife they're not as happy and then when they, like as senior citizens, there's just, there's a happiness that happens and I think that it's because you've kind of gone through all the crap. Right, yeah. And you're like, yeah, you're not resigned. You're just, yeah, no. It's yeah. like... <laughs> 
Really? Like I'm still alive. Yeah, I'm still alive. And you've gone. You like you said. You've gone through these experiences. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. right now, we're kind of in the midst of them. Well, I worry things to death. Is oh, yeah. Chris's mom and his aunt? They're part of Worry Inc. And I'm an honorary member. That's a <laughs> That's nice. Because <laughs> I'll just, you know, I'm like, okay, what about this and blah blah blah. And that's what's nice about Chris is that he's just, he's not that guy. I said when he was in here, I'm like, you're like steady Eddie to me. He truly is. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I, um, I think that, you know, we've talked about our mother's passing and, um, what a profound effect that has, like almost an unnameable. Oh yeah. Although if we dig into it, I'm sure there's, I know there's books out there and groups and all that kind of stuff. Um, but since I tend to, I fairly isolate, um, just my noticing of the profound effect it's had. I mean, my, my mom was my parent, like the parent. And in my book, and I think most of my family would agree, she was the graceful, uh, buffer between us all. And the linchpin. Yes. Yeah. And she was cool. Yeah. She was just chill. Like she'd be the one I'd call with any of these things. So to have that removed, um, in the beginning was so devastating. One, because like I'm, she's gone and all those things you know I don't know what grief's like but it was amazing to sort of feel like not only is she gone but all of my history is gone yeah the person who has witnessed me my whole life yes is gone so what does that mean about all these memories and when I think about her and the memory she's alive and just the mind fuck that is oh yeah you know? <laughs> and uh or then things would happen like I'd say her and my son were amazing together um and now I'm gonna have to freaking explain her like that's yeah I didn't see that so I mean I've said that before so um, but what I've noticed recently is Marty and I have been talking a lot about where, where's home. Cause like right now we're renting and we're yeah. in Seattle and this is, we're going to kind of get into Seattle, I think. But, um, uh, we, in my mind, like I'm still in limbo in some ways due to this How long experience. has it been since she's been gone? Almost two years. It'd be two years this year. That's why it's that second year is the hardest. That's what everybody says. Zero to one, you're still kind of in a um, daze about it, but it's that one to two. And we were talking about this before um, when we were having drinks, and it was um, everything is coming back around again. And you're like, oh, oh, it's more finalized. And you're like, yes. Like, that sucks. Yes. Yeah, so I found the second year, it was the summer of the second year, and Chris is like, you have to go talk to somebody, because I was also just pissed. I was, I was, yeah. I was, you know, and anytime you're that angry, it's underlying that is hurt. And I was just sure. missing her. And I wasn't finding a way to navigate with my dad because she was always the buffer with us. And, and, and I was much closer to my mother than my dad. And, right. But what's been nice with having her gone is that I've, my dad and I developed our own relationship now. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, it was, it's hard. Did that affect like how your outlook in life everywhere? Oh yeah, and I what felt was like, it? Well, it was what for me. What it felt like is, um, it feels like normally you have a space above your head that's maybe a foot or two that you have, you know, and it bobs up and down when you got stress. But at that point, I felt like I was in a room with the water level had gone all the way up to the top of the ceiling, and I was having problems. I could not breathe. I couldn't. There was just so much. You know, I didn't have any. Sp- so if anything would happen, there's there was no space to let it occur because mm-hmm. the space was gone. It was filled with grief, and I just um, so by virtue of going to talk to someone, it kind of brought that water level back down. And oh, I could that's do other things. Yeah, yeah. But even now, it's it's it comes out of the blue too. It'll be random. Yeah. Like something will hit, or I'll be watching some dumb 
show on TV and Chris is like, oh my God. <laughs> like to this day, there's that Renell Zell- Zellweger, uh-huh. um, Meryl Streep movie. I can't remember what it was, but oh, Renee, Renee Zellweger goes back to take care of her dying mother. Yes. And I think William Hurt is like the philandering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to this day, I can't Ryan's watch looking it. it up right now. Yeah, to this day, I can't, <laughs> I can't watch that movie. Like it just, oh, yeah. it's gone from my repertoire. Yeah. Because it just was too close to home. I have music like that that I can't I can can't listen yeah. to it. Like there's a uh, there was a song that um, we have the worst memories ever. People think we're just brain dead. There was a, anyways there was a song out there. It's <laughs> called Middle Age. <laughs> one true thing. One true thing. One yes. true thing. Yeah. Bam. Okay. Yeah. Think. Look up this Yo. one. <laughs> yeah, my Google on my yeah. <laughs> oh, what is her name? She does burn, burn. Uh, it's a, she's a disco. She's. Uh, Gloria Gaynor? No. no, she's look. She's recent. Um, oh, this is dumb. We're gonna spend half our podcast like yeah, not remembering anything. <laughs> um, but the song just reminds me of mom. I think it's about a boyfriend of hers, but um, Ellie Goulding. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's got a song. Uh, I know you care. Yeah. Oh holy shit, that thing. Like you can't I listen to it. No. Um. Oh yeah, it makes me cry. Just think about it. And I was, I've been at work before, other jobs, not silly ones, <laughs> where that will come on. I'll be like, oh, no, no, no. And it's like, 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 no. I'm going to the bathroom now. And coming back to turn it off. Turn yeah. it off. Shove it down. You know, like, um, but that's the power of music. I mean, I love that half of it. But, but I also think part of the whole process is there's something kind of beautiful about it, too, because you have empathy where you didn't have mm-hmm. it before. When mm-hmm. you lose a parent, and I always say you're part of that dead parent club now, and it sounds kind of crass. But well, I feel true. like my it's podcast like, is like, everyone's got a parent that's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? What's that? It's the t- it's like the age of people you're talking true. to, too. Yeah. But there really is, once that had occurred, I was like, oh. So it, it oh, and that's the thing, hopefully, as you go through life, that's what it does. You're peeling back more of those layers of like, so the connections are... Or I do get that because I've gone through that, and I and yes. I understand, and I think it makes you more an, a more empathetic person. Well, it's such a vulnerable state to be in. God. So I think of anybody, like, even if you're on Facebook and someone says my parents died, it's nice to be able to say I know exactly how you I know feel. exactly how you feel. Like and, it, you, and, and you're it just raw sucks. right now. It's yeah. like it's that sounds kind of basic, but it's like it, it sucks. It's devastating. Yeah. And but at least it's a no bullshit state, and I kind of like that. Yes. Like, you can't, when you're really that much in pain, there's no room for bullshit. No, and so it's I so love funny. It for that. Right when, that for, what, right when it first happened, you're like, what do you mean anything else, can, you know, you care about anything else? You're like, everything else seems so trivial, because mm-hmm. that pain is so huge and sitting on top of your head. Well, I feel jealous yeah. of people. I'm not jealous, like, in a mad way, but... Um, people have their parents. I do too. You know, like I'd be on the ferry and someone would be like, oh, hi, mom. And I'll be like, mm. you know, or watching some grandma that's about the same age as my mom. Yeah. And like, she's with her grandkids. And like Mother's Day is coming up oh, here. Totally. And I was, you know, and I told Chris, I said, because I, I kind of do a lot of the holidays for the family. And I like that because I, mm-hmm. I like entertaining. But um, like, this is yours. You take, I'll be there. Of course. Oh, good for you. Like, yeah. I'm not putting it together. It's like, I yeah, I got the rest. Yes, I just did Easter. I'm not doing this one. No. Right, exactly. Well, you gotta have like reserve some of that space for yourself. Yeah. Like, I I want to do something. I, I can't tell. Maybe I'll call you. <laughs> but I thought it'd be nice to gather some friends and do something fun. We're not gonna, you know, not. We're gonna go to brunch. You can come with us. We'll let you know. Brunch. Marty almost came along to that brunch. I was surprised that you invited really? us to uh, for Easter. And he's like, and I said, well, I told you you wouldn't go. And he's like, really? And I'm like, oh. 
are we opening up to that? Like, it was fun. We had because we have Chris's extended family, and then I have a friend of mine that's she was free and she came, and it's like. I kind of like those. Chris, like, we started with six people, and now we have 18. I'm like, but I like that. I'm <laughs> That's like, nice. Well, yeah, and we're just making baked eggs. I mean, hell. I mean, it's not like I'm making something crazy. Marty and I were talking about, so on the subject of Seattle, um, one, how crowded it's gotten. Oh, God. And how expensive. That's why when I was, Chris, there was like, two games today, and I was like, oh, crap, I'm oh, driving down here. But it was free and clear. That's why we stay at home during Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I drive up and down the freeway, and I think it's 1989. Hey, I know. <laughs> this is how yeah. lucky I am. People no. I was crazy during the Super Bowl. I'm like, I'm going to go run errands. Because <laughs> there's not going to be anybody on the road. And isn't it, and you, you, it, it's so crazy. Nice how light you feel about it. You're like, yeah. you're not hating people. No, exactly. Well, the, the other thing we thought is like, so we moved back, right? And Orion's in a school. And the one thing, a major thing we really liked about Minneapolis or that situation is we were forced to go find friends. And we had a kid. So our, our, kid, our friends had kids. But we really formed this great posse of people. Life is much not as expensive there. It's not as crazy. It's very family oriented. And we really enjoyed the fact that we hung out with our friends here it feels like everyone is so busy. So busy. So busy, and it's too fractured, and everyone's trying to make money and buy their half million dollar shack, and that's no effing joke. No, it's not. It's um, and that's freaking no. us out. Oh, no. I'm, I'm we're not. We're, oh, Marty said, I never thought we would really settle in Seattle. But for the first time, and this gets back to kind of like, you know, I didn't see that coming or, you know, passing to mom, but like we're, we're contemplating going somewhere else because we literally can't afford it. It's so expensive. Yeah. I told Chris Phil, I'm like, you like this house because we were going to be down in this house. I, and I love my house. It's great. It's yeah, but it's, it's still like, I moved every two years with a military kid. So I get antsy. I mean, Oh, I'm I get like, that. Yeah. I don't yeah. necessarily want to move from Seattle. I mean, I think there's a reason why I married a man that had a lot, deep roots somewhere. It's all Yeah, you've got great roots. Yes. Because we move so often. But that being said, I'm like, I think it'd be fun to get a new house. But I'm like, where are friends that are buying houses right now? And it's crazy how it escalates. And I just don't understand how anyone has half a million dollars. No. Well, the Amazon stock just went up on Friday, like, a ton. And the first people, thing that crossed my mind was like, they're all going to buy nicer houses. They're all buying houses. Yeah. We're in West Seattle, and two-bedroom homes are literally going for half a million dollars. And I keep saying half a million, because I'm like, it's half of a million dollars. Oh, no. And Marty, so we're contemplating um, Spokane. Um, Because you mentioned community, because all of his family is there. It's two hours away from, like, part of my family. It's dirt cheap. Um, I might be able to work remote. We don't know where we're going. We have other people to do it. So. Right? Sure. No, because I have friends that she lives in um, what's right across in Idaho, Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene, and that and, and beautiful uh, that area, and that area is so stunning. Yeah, but well, at first, and I will tell you this: as of even yesterday, like I sobbed. I mean, because um, again, I've never in my life would did I think I'd be in a place. Never in my life have I ever been told no, you can't. Oh yeah, you know, and so are you really I'm priced out? It's like priced out. You're like, but I'm middle class, and it's like, yeah, it's not enough. It's not enough. No. And Marty wants to be a teacher, so which is wonderful, um, but he's never going to make no. more than. And but that's a problem that's yeah. happened. So you price these people out, and then they're everybody's living on the fringes on the suburbs, and I don't know. It's like I want to be. PC and I want to say, you know, everybody should ride their bikes and all that kind of stuff. But you price these people out, then they have to drive to get into town, and then you make it difficult to drive yeah. around. I mean, 
I guess that just, I like that, you know that Ron Judd, he writes in the Sunday paper, he's no, very, who's he? he's very sarcastic, he's, <laughs> but he makes some points, he, you know, it's like, you're losing a sense, and I guess maybe that just is what oh, happens. I'm, I literally was yesterday in a park sobbing, talking to Jared Clifton, because oh, I was like, I'm grieving Jared. And Jared's doing amazing. Where's he at? He's in town. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, I hope he doesn't mind I'm saying this, he's clean and sober. Nice. Been. He's Good. doing fantastic. He was wonderful to talk to. Um, he was super supportive, because I was sobbing. I mean, I was, because I felt like grief. Like, I wanted to be here. I want to be here. And you moved away and then moved and back. back to be here and now you're telling me I can't because the only reason why we have a house is because we bought this is our second one we bought our first one right when it was cheaper mm-hmm. and that's the only way we could parlay right. it into another house because right it's I mean I, I can't imagine because you can't buy a starter home now well Orion goes to like you know the in the Admiral District goes to school and so it's we have to buy all the way in Arbor Heights or yeah. south to because think about it if your house is two fifty, then you know you could pay fifteen hundred or less. That's manageable. Yeah. Right. If I get into three seventy five, that's almost twenty four hundred. But what's crazy about like, that is that it's even if you're renting, it's still expensive. Oh, we pay two grand for the house we're in right Which now. Which is crazy. And I, I, our, our landlord's awesome. Oh yeah. And it's you know when he sells that house, he'll get ha- more than half a million for it. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, we feel extremely lucky to have found Jeff and Jeff because Jeff is chill and he was like, "Great, move in, pay your second deposit when you can." But like, you know, it's to it's back to that the Spokane idea and having family. There's that. It's like it's. It, I have to say, like one, I never effing thought I'd say Spokane, but the idea of being around Marty's family, who is close, yeah, warms my heart. Oh like, yeah, I have a good warm feeling. Orion has cousins. And frankly, I, I talked to Jared. Jared was like, well, I know people are moving there. And um, and then I talked to my friend, Espy, who I consider a friend and a mentor. Today, was even talking to her. She's like, you could buy a house that has room where your friends can come visit. You could probably build or buy a building and have a, an artist retreat. And invite yeah. all your girlfriend and you out. You know, and like, come out, do artist retreat, go up to Priest Lake, hang out. Like... You could totally you know, like, do that. That'd we be could, cool. You know, I could start my own music festival there. Yeah. And um, and I will need those things, you know, because I told Marty in the beginning, I was like, oh, holy hell, no, like, east side of the But do you feel like you're doing, taking advantage of what the city has to offer now? Like, what will you be missing? I don't think much because I have done this town. Yes. I feel like I have done this town. I mean, I've had your coffees. I've had your fun boutique restaurants. I've taken your aerobics, you know, crazy dance. Woo! Yeah, I've taken painting classes. I've, yeah. you know, I could continue to go to Velocity, you know, like go to Velocity and take modern dance, but I'm sure there's something like that. There's yoga and, you know, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's Reiki masters there too, and if not, I'll get one online, you know. But, um, <laughs> but here's what the whole thing. What blows my mind is like, I never thought I'd be having to make that choice, but I also never thought my mom would be gone, and I never thought how important community and settling down and having a home would be to me. Yes. Because what freaked me out, and I had a massive, I mean, I'm not really that bad with stress, but yesterday I had a serious I mean, internal meltdown, like, where I was upset and grieving and sad. And, and Well, it's and, all your identity. It's like your yeah. mom was a distinct part of your identity. You being from Seattle and being part of this town is that it's like, okay, your mom is gone, that's gone. Am I going to, do I need this Seattle identity? Or is it like... 
Right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's hard because that's... But you're asking these, you're, you're asking, asking the completely correct question that I asked myself. I was like, it's not the city and the people that make you. You're yes. you. Yes. So if what you really need, and you'll laugh at this, if what you really need is a, is a little bit of willpower to like, when you go to Spokane and actually get your ass to write songs, like you could do that anywhere, honey. Like, well, the other you thing know, or too is that, is that you can always come back and play shows. Always. You know, it's only like five hours away. Yeah. And you're always going to get... I mean, if you wanted to do a weekend, you're always going to get shows. It's not... Right. And when I was in Minneapolis, I didn't feel far away from people. If I wanted to talk to somebody, I'd call them. Did you... Was the main drawback with Minneapolis the weather? No. um, At that time... Okay, like other places we're choosing around here, I kind of just asked Marty, like, take... um, Now that mom's gone, take her out of the equation. Why are we here? Like, why are we here yeah. in this place? We could be anywhere. We could be anywhere. Yeah. And um, there was lots of reasons to stay. There was great schools. It was good for Orion. You know what I mean? We could have a good life there. But we had no connection to anybody else. I mean, we had friends there, but yeah. it's a family-oriented town, and you feel it during the holidays. Like, Everybody. everyone else is from there. Yes. You're not. So why are we here? Yeah. And we just didn't have a profession or an art form that was, like, specifically tied to the Twin Cities. Yes. And so I'm like, we don't have a deep-rooted reason to be here. Um, while we've been here, we've also talked about, like, Tacoma or Boise. You know, I, I um, go to Tacoma monthly because I... Um, oh, do you? My okay. job. Right? Yeah. Sell down there to uh, have a couple of accounts down there, and that area um, by Metropolitan Market over there on Proctor, and that mm-hmm. area. And Brian Kenny, my old guitar player for that's right. Susan who owns um, guys at Velocity Records. I should know these things. Um, he's got a great record store down there, and there's some beautiful homes and just crazy really, town affordable. Yeah, and just craftsman homes. Yeah, like, like and these that you when I go on this one street to get over to Met Market, it's like the view of the sound and. Yeah. And, you know, I went to high school down there. In, in, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, in Lakewood. My dad was basically down in McCord. Okay. And that's how we ended up here. We had been in England, and then he got transferred, and I went to high school in UPS for two years, and then transferred to the U, and that's how I ended up in Seattle. Okay. So I I'm, I just, and by virtue of that, I kind of like just fell in with a bunch of musicians. It's like I got lucky. The, is that one of those things yeah. the universe kind of placed me? Like, yes. Here, you don't know this yeah. about yourself. Because when I told my yeah. parents I was going to sing, they're like, you want to do what? That was oh. totally bloomer. I was yeah. Almost, I'm with you. I was 25 when I started singing. I'm with you. I talked to the Frill Brothers about that because they yeah. talk about since they had diapers, they were doing. Oh stuff. yeah, and, I was like, and all the guys I played with, they were all you know had been playing since they were early, and I and I always felt a little bit at, at loss with that because a I don't play an instrument. I mean, I didn't grow on a piano enough to write. Yeah. But I always felt insecure about that. Like I didn't have the background, but but that's also you, you get to a certain point, and it's just only been recently I'm like. So what, right? Yeah. You know what I really like doing? I really like singing, and I like performing. Yeah. And I was talking to this person last night, and she's like, I never do covers, because we did a Led Zeppelin yeah. cover, and I'm like, and it was that kind of, the way that people will say that, and I'm like, you're missing out. Do you think Frank Sinatra, not comparing myself to Frank Sinatra. No, but he did. Frank Sinatra covered songs. had an issue not doing yeah. cover because in the end, if a song is good... And it speaks to you. It's yeah. so great to sing. Hi, and the freedom. Like, you don't have to write a song. You're like, yeah. there's 8 million great songs out there. A Night of Covers and is it's, And it's both. Free. It's like, I like the balance of both. It's like, I like to create, but at the same time, I really like to sing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you've done like some amazing shows that cover like oh yeah, and I've been doing a lot. When people ask, and I think that's part of getting older, is that um, it, I don't stress it. Why I stress anyhow, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but people keep asking, and I'm like, sure, I'll do it. And, we, and I have all these little one-offs, and I'll do it, like we just did a couple songs last night. But I'm like, it's nice to be asked. It's yes. nice to be yeah, and to still be doing it. When Chris and I moved. About seven years ago into this new house, we were going through the garage and we were, and we were you know, all the crap that you have in sure. the garage. And there was a bunch of rockets. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, half to three quarters of these people aren't even playing music anymore. And the fact that we're still doing it is a testament. It's yeah. Like, it may not be on this grandiose level, but it's like, who cares? I still, yeah. you know. But I think you guys are having fun. Oh, yeah. And people on a grandiose level often are not having fun, really. You know, because no, you're running a business. You're running a business. You're all, your life is... But at that same time, I hate it when people are like, oh, it's just a hobby. And I'm like, that doesn't seem No, like... you're an artist. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Because it's... Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's a hobby. It seems like it's way too much more involved. Well, it's... somebody who doesn't know is saying that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when you say I have a passion for music and I'm an artist and it will include these things, like, that's all they need to know. But I always love that about you because you will say I'm an artist and you don't, you're just like, that's what I am. And I have this weird, like, flinch, like, like, where, all right, Kim, own it. It's like, you are. It took are. me a long time, though, yeah, to do that. Just, it's... I mean, hi, we grew up in a scene that was pretty, like, snarky. Oh, yeah. And poop, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. Calling yourself an artist was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, which is retarded. Yeah. You know? It's just ridiculous. Um, I think it's the thing I call, I mean, I claim it just because it sustains me. No, and it I is like who it. I am. And it's true. Frankly, I've had too many friends yell at me and say, like, don't you, you know, like, <laughs> it was, took other people to be like, wake up, like. You know, you are this already. Stop yes. like, stop saying like, oh well, I don't know. Like, shut up and just claim. Well, it. I think for the longest time, it's like I kind of was the ingenue, and I kind of wore that as my thing. You know, because I just don't know, and I don't have the blood. And it's like, okay, after twenty something years, you're not an ingenue. Yeah. You're you're an accomplished artist. Yes. And you have, and um, and you've gotten to do things think that that other people oh, never will. No, and it's that it's definitely that thing is. You move through the, more of the business world and, and the corporate world, and and um, I'm like, okay, I don't have that, or I don't have that, but I'm like, damn, I have all this fun stuff. I opened for Page and Plant, and what the hell? I know. Well, and sometimes I think you have to, you have to work to protect that, and in terms of like respect, like I've definitely been at jobs where people are like, oh, you know, it's novel to know you. You should sing. You should sing at our like Christmas sing, party, sing and I was key. like, "Yeah, no, that'll yeah. cost. That's going to cost you a grand." Yeah. No, I definitely <laughs> had that where it's like, "No, let's or, trot her out because she's singing." Yeah, I'm like, no. I had a guy at an agency who owned the agency, and I was like, "Oh, you like?" I think the only time he ever spoke to me was, "Oh yeah, I'm like, I think I saw a Hammerbox show." He's like, "We're gonna have to have you sing," and I'm like, "I'm not your fucking puppet." No, I'm like, but people don't know any better. They just go, "Oh, I mean, he's the king of his shack." It's like, oh, cool. yeah. whatever, you know, like he doesn't, but. But I know in my mind, I have to be like, no, that's not what it is. No. Yeah. I mean, I have a tip. I mean, you will be writing me a yeah. check if that's the case. <laughs> well, I tend to be, you know, like, oh, ha, 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 whatever. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, no. No. You know, I don't have to say anything. But I'm no. sort of like, no. Mm-mm. I, I have a weird, a good thing, but a weird thing. Like, before I left Seattle, my thing was I kept, felt like, I felt like everybody was talking about me in the past. Oh, I was yeah. working at EMP, which was a good, great experience, you know, but every time, I don't know what it was, but every time I had invited another artist to come along, they, they were just, 
they were reminiscing, but in my mind, it was very much like, oh, I remember when you did this, remember when you did that, and I was like, I'm not dead. I am in the museum, now, <laughs> which is hard. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> name is on the wall, um, but I'm not dead. <laughs> and so it would it would just rub my insecurities. Yeah. And I had released like a solo record, everything, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, and oh, apparently nobody knows. <laughs> like that's so but sad. That, that record is beautiful. I love Thank that. you. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people in their 40s start producing like the best work ever. I remember when we did the Rockford's EP. John was like, that's the best singing I've ever heard you do. And I'm like, I'm just hitting 40. I'm like, that makes sense. You think about those opera singers. They aren't, they aren't the, you know, at their height until they're in their late thirties and forties. Because I think your voice is developed and you know what to do with it. Exactly. Well, you know, it's funny playing some of these acoustic shows in the fall. Maybe it was James from Hammerbox. Somebody had said to me, I don't think he, he hadn't seen any of that, but I've been pretty alone. Like, Playing alone yeah. um, and communing alone. Um, and so when I came back to play stuff alone, there was a few people who just hadn't seen me. They were like, holy hell, like, that's just got better. Yeah. Like, how'd that just get better? Like, how'd you get what? You know, and I'm like, well, you don't stop performing. You don't stop no. working that craft, you know, be it for natural reasons, for very, you know, authentic, not egotistical reasons. Like... I very desperately for like three years was like, I need to remember why I give a shit. Yeah. You know, no, it's, and it, it's, it, I have to break it down you. to me and a voice. Like yes. that's it. And these words and for God's sakes, please, you know, commune again with these words and remember why they matter without anyone looking. Yeah. Because this is real. This is all you, it's not all you have like desperate, but it's like, this is all that matters. This What's craft the right here. And the creativity you're creating. Yeah. yeah, and it was like with or without anybody, I would have prayed to that stuff. So I think that I also just I desperately needed to be grounded. Yes. Um, to feel because you can, the things come and go. Oh yeah. Right. Like we've talked about this a lot. You and I were like, you'll watch somebody else release a record, and you look at all the you know the cycle of a record. Oh, Everyone's God. getting attention <laughs> for the first three months, and we're like, I want to do that. And you're like, regardless, I'll get obsessed on the new the new big thing, and I'll be saying this band or this person's name over and over, and Chris is rolling his eyes like. <laughs> This is your new obsession because, and it's that thing, it's like, you let that go because everybody's got their path and everybody's got their time and you don't get to have your time all the time. What you get to do is do your work. Yes. And if you're simpatico with your work and just, and if you can make an agreement with yourself to say, number one, I'm going to love doing this work. Like nobody's watching. Like that quote, dance like nobody's looking. Right. Number one. And so I think I spent a couple of years being like, number one, you are just singing and nobody's looking. Did Find you friendship do a lot of that. stuff? Did you do, were you kind of woodshedding when you were in Minneapolis? Yeah. I mean, I only played a couple. I played an open mic and I played a coffee shop. <laughs> it's so weird to be in a town, in a new town. It's like, but from this old, and not that you're reliving anything, but it just being such a weird experience. Like, oh, it is weird. I was working for Target. Yeah. You're and like, so I you're actually, like, so when I go to that coffee shop, you start singing, people are like, what? what? Yeah. They have like, no idea. Yeah. Or they don't know, you know, like anybody, like they don't know, like when people think that, that people are um, coming to start them like that, oh, they're out of nowhere. And I'm like, no, they've been doing that for 20 years. Oh yeah. Years. Like, like even if you're just starting with that. Do you ever watch that? I, occasionally I watch that show, The Voice, and it's like, it's interesting because all those people, they rarely come out of nowhere. They, right. Which is kind of nice about that show yeah. because everybody has experience right. in doing it. I tried out for the Target, like they have a band band and it was one of those. You didn't movies. make it? Oh no! They were, <laughs> they 
were like, hey, let's have you sing on everything. I'm like, yeah, I don't think, you know, like, I want to just, I just need to sing, you know. But they were sort of like, hey. Um, but that felt kind of sad to me, too, in some ways. I mean, I don't need praise like that. I don't no, you know. It just no. made me feel more sad. Like, oh, it made me feel lonely because I was like, oh, yeah, you don't know me. Yeah. You just don't know anything about me. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like, do you know who I am? That's no. not at all. It's more like. My history. My whole history is absent right here. Like, my lifetime is is not... And so it makes me kind of feel floating out there a little bit. Um, Very kind people. Very helpful. Extremely kind people. It's the Midwest. (laughs) Oh. Is that band? Target has its own internal band. Yeah. What kind of music do they play? Um, They'll do a lot of covers. Yeah. And then, I mean, they encourage creativity. At least when I was there, they encourage creativity. They would have shows. I mean, it's it's an employee-developed program where... That's cool. Get yeah, just anybody who wants to do it. It's like, hey, you got a band, or whatever. Like, there was a couple bands, or they got together that I was like, oh, they're awesome. That's really cool. Well, they they play shows outside of Target, and so they foster their creativity. But they will also they started including in their large company meetings, like showing talent, you know, and yeah. putting production money behind that, which was kind of cool because yeah. they, again. I think well, I think, I think yeah, the average Joe walking down the street, you never know. He like is massively creative. You don't know. You don't know. And I think I think happy employees are usually if they're being creative and they're having all these other kind of things in their yeah. lives. You know, if all you yeah. do is work, 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 it's like exactly. you burn out and then you're bitter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought that was kind of nice, but I think that I think that the um, the importance of, be, of being your best friend in terms of creativity and, and nurturing your artist without the care of thinking about everybody else is really important. For me, I'm, can, it's like doing homework. I can find anything else but sit and do my work. It's like, oh, I'll five. Yeah. I can cl- fold those clothes. Oh, I should, <laughs> I should pe- sharpen my pencil. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Well, I like my friend SP is a writer. I did say to her today, almost like a student, like, I need to get some kind of willpower, right? And she's like, mm-hmm, like, you need to, just like a writer, Why well, do you have to make an appointment with yourself as far as, yeah. okay, I'm gonna... You need a routine, just like Stephen King would say, write every day, right? Doesn't and that he say that? just passed away, I, I don't know how to say his last name, Ivan D-O-I-G, he's a really, he does a lot of, he, great writer, and he did a lot of, his fiction is, is, um, western-based. He's still gonna have the full-time job, but... Like, I heard something in NPR. But he was writing, like, he would like sit three hours and, a day. Yeah, and, and do his work. And I think that's a thing where I just got to get on a schedule where I'm like, okay. Just got to do it. Tuesdays, at least for an hour. Because I just... Well, like, here's what I'll do, Kim. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do for you, Kim. <laughs> I got this app. No, but this, I think it's something that would enti- something that you would be pleasurably to work towards. Like, I'll move to Spokane. And then I'm going to put together, like, a festival two-day, like, someplace. Oh, and so I'm funny. like, okay, you have to practice or write songs with Jeff, whomever, but you need a 10-song set list, like, because you're playing a festival. You know what would be fun, though? What would be cool is if you did it where it's, um, probably like those rock girl camps, you know, for oh, yeah. little girls. Yeah. That you you come for a long <laughs> weekend, and you spend... You sp- <laughs> yes, please. We're super classy. classy. We're drinking our wine with... <laughs> Ice cubes. I have a, um, I have a Tupperware full of them. Only the best for you. It's not always going to be like this, folks. All right. <laughs> but, what but what I'm thinking is that so you would do it. People come and then you would concentrate and everybody would write. You'd write together and then you'd yes. perform yes. songs at a concert at the end of, you know, on Sunday afternoon. Yes. Great idea. I think it would be, you would, it's for Done. me, I feel like <laughs> if I'm forced, yeah. then I have to. 
Well, we could bring, like, ourselves, bring Justin wants to write. Like, I mean, you'd have, oh, yeah. like, the team of people where at the end you feel complete, not like, I wrote these songs, no where's the guitar player. Um, and the cool thing I think about Spokane is, like, you are just steps away from, like, lakes or We should do that anyhow. Like, we could go yeah. to Lopez for a, a long weekend or just a weekend yeah. and just do it. Definitely. That'd be fun. I think that it would be it would be exciting, and what I still like about I guess what I'm liking about the idea of a small town is that I can DIY things there. Oh yeah. You know what I mean, and not like bat an eye. You know, like oh, if I choose to go, you know, if I want to go rent some storefront that nobody cares about in Spokane, yeah. <laughs> but I know, but you know, Seattle used to be like that. Like oh, yeah. nobody's looking at that crap thing in Georgetown. I'm going to rent it out. Like well, it's funny we were just in Georgetown uh, Friday night for dinner, and it's so crazy. It's kind of crazy. Like, it's like the last bastion down there. No, Marty and I went down there to go eat at the Mexican restaurant. Yeah, so we went on Friday. Yes, and we were like, what first of all, that restaurant was at Katrina Luff. I didn't like it. I loved it. I didn't like it. Oh, honey. I only had stupid food because I think we were so overwhelmed by the crowd that I was like, we got oh, no, out of here. It was, it's, it was hopping down there. Uh-huh. And like, if you've been up to Capitol, back to Seattle, <laughs> Capitol Lillis, I was like, Holy crap. I, I actually kind of like it occasionally because there's just so yeah. much energy up there. Yeah. And this is where I'm going to sound old. If I can find parking. Oh, Sorry. that's irritating. I've driven around. We I don't care how old you are. That's irritating. And I <laughs> drove around for 45 minutes and I was like, you got to call Brian and Liz and tell them we're not meeting them because this is crazy. <laughs> and then we finally found Chris and Rails right like, oh my God, she's crazy. Well, Capitol Hill was always tight because those streets are small, but it's and, gotten like... Because <laughs> I've, I've lived everywhere in the city and yeah, I lived on Capitol Hill and you would get tickets, you know, parking tickets just flow in the back of the car. Yeah, totally. It's like, right. You have to move your car all the time. Well, you're excited to go hang out and you're like, if I can't get to my hanging out for half an hour because I got to park like oh, two yeah. miles away. No. That's just a bummer. And if you want to get dressed up, you and can, then you want to you walk can, around. Like, like, yeah. I do like, I will say what I do like, because I like a little hustle bustle. I yeah. do like that. I like boutique restaurants, whether they come or go. I like, um, like Velocity Dance. Like there's that, that chunk of Capitol Hill that I do think is teeming with Art Hugo House. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's awesome. Um, I do think that there are, I just went to it like a secondhand or used material market down on 6th Avenue. Oh. So there's a lot of like crafty uh, funky things like that that um, but but I think people would be surprised or maybe not I don't, I don't know all y'all but um, that there are small towns often sprout up crazy amazing markets and or creativity it's or like creativity a, you know that the city doesn't have a market on creativity it's like no it's a little hip <laughs> and this is how I am old it is a little bit like a hipster is a hipster is a hipster it's not that novel yeah and it used to be Maybe at my age, novel. Like, oh, yeah. oh, you dress weird. I love that. You know, whatever. Now yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you're like a Barbie out of a package. Like, <laughs> well, that's that thing. It's like, is it different, or is it just because we've been there, done that? Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. that's it. I mean, I would never like. I would never. Uh, uh, anybody being creative is awesome. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to poo-poo that, but there is a little bit of it where I'm just like, yeah, I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> I, mean, I start to see a lot of the same thing. I start to lose as it's, you know. Yeah. You, it's you, a deal. You somewhere. It's a trend. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a trend. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I think after yesterday, and thanks to friends, which again, I never used to do that well before, is reach. I reached out. I would call. You're like, he was like, you got to. I talked about you today with SP where we were talking about friendship. 
I said, well, yeah, Kim told me. She's like, you got to nurture that shit. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you, you can't like, just right. have friends and not call. It's like, I, I know. if I haven't talked to somebody for a while, I'm like, what are you doing? Or I'll just, I'm like, hi, it's Kim. I'm checking in. Give me a call. And, and um, I mean, that is the other flip side of not having kids for us. It's like, we socialize a whole lot. But mm-hmm. that's... Chris is like, you never just want to go out with me, and we have plenty of date nights. And I'm like, I do, but I, I, it's important to me to have community. It's like, it's, yeah. it goes back to that thing, and I make sure that everybody's. Because, speaking of which, can we have like a posse at your house and do some writing? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, get Justin and yeah, and I, I was doing that with Andrew Peterman and Justin and Sean Bates. We've been doing these. Um, of course, I can't remember the book, but um, time these timed writings. So it'll oh, be. Oh, you did tell me. About yeah, it. so it'll be like you pull out and um, Gillian Welch actually did the Ford in this guy's first book. He's a songwriting. That's what he does. Uh, I think as a professor, and um, so you read back these people's um, in the book. Like the the word will be puddle, and you write, and it's interesting how everybody writes differently. But you read the, the excerpts back in the book, and you're like, yeah, yeah, they're awesome, and mine sucks ass. But it's it's good because it also. When they're reading their piece, they're like, oh, that's, that's interesting how you approach that. Or, um, like with Andrea, I think that she comes from, um, I think she comes from maybe Montana or that area. And her, a lot of her approach are these beautiful um, visual and nature oriented, mm-hmm. the way that she's writing about something. Just in a way that I wouldn't approach, but you're like, oh, that's cool. Well, Bjork is the that. same way she says. She writes, she's very attracted to nature and like the, the, taxonomy of nature and oh, like, yeah. you know her stuff's very earth based coming from Iceland like just communing is a, was a close partner in her in well, yeah her because I think that country is I mean you've got but nature is way part of that country right you know right. more you know you've got your city but it's rougher it's like yeah, yeah you're hand in hand yeah and I think like with Sean P he writes in a more boy tone and it's like okay that's cool too it's it was just it's interesting to do those rights because so you'll write like for um, or we write for like a minute, which is never enough time. Or you know, five minutes, and then you do, you read them. You do like a round table, and you read them. Oh, I love that. Yeah. When we do it, when we do it next. I thought it was fun when you and I like we did one night where we did some writing because. Yes. I was floundering. I think Lazy Susan was done, and I was having such a hard time with that next. Okay, what is oh, the next yeah. part look like? Yeah. And. And I think there's a part of me, because I'm not really a regretful person, but I think there are part, there's a part of me in my 30s where I think I kind of dicked around about stuff where I could have been oh, maybe I have that. Yeah. proactive. It was, I made records and I did stuff, but I I don't know, but the the record that I did a f- few years ago it, in my 40s, it's like, it's the best thing, I, going back to what we are talking about, it's, for me, it's, I'm so proud of that record, it's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, that's great. And it's that thing where, um... And the song that I just did, the pilot, I love that too. And it's like I love it more than other stuff I've done, and that's that's good. Well, I, I the mini- I'm missing my twenties. <laughs> yeah, but I the, that record that you talk about, like, I knew the minute I listened to it, I was like, oh, you've gone outside the box. Like you broke, you tried new things. Like you tried new things with your voice. Oh yeah. You tried different kinds of melodies, um, and that's all. I think that's always a breakthrough. A combo of. Um, Working with Jonathan Plum at London Bridge, and then prior to that, doing this four-song EP with Pete Droge, because he was the first one. I have a really loud, strong voice, and that's fine, but Pete's like, yeah, you don't need to go there. You don't need to go there all the time. He's right, like, right. He's like, use, use your indoor voice. And he right. was right, because it gives you so crazy how it gives you this other freedom to be quiet. 
And another way to express yourself. Yes. Like, how do you want to tell your story? When we did the first Goodness record, uh, Smoking was the first song we actively worked on, like, talk singing. Like, because I, you know, I'm like you. I'm like, ah, you know, yeah, you, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And we, I was like, I don't want that. I want, you want, I want to talk singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want, I want to quiet down or I want, and even to this day, I'll be like, hi, my voice can go to the regular, like, thing that I've done a lot you of. You can do that, but it's like... What else can you I do? I don't want that to be the only story or how I'm telling that story. Yes. You know? Plus, I, think, I hear other singers and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. And sound like well, that. I think for me, it's like I have that kind of natural twangy and it's like that alt country. And I'm like, which I love that. But I'm like, I don't want to just be that. I want, I'm interested in what else, you know, what else is out there? What else can you do? Well, that's all you need is curiosity. Yes. You know, you just listen to those sounds and you try them on for yourself. And that's, that, that's what makes you a great developing artist continuing. Like you're not done. It's because... You're going to have a different idea, you know? And I think there's After, something whatever. freeing in um, not, you're like, I'm not going to make, I mean, what I, I've made it to where I'm making it, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to make it on this grand, grand level. And it's like, that's I don't kind think, of freeing where it's like, yeah, cool. Then I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do and I can just do anything. Uh, didn't you and I talk about like, uh, about actually being more cognizant about, um, would we really have liked what that entails if you'd gotten popular? Like, would you really want to live on the road? Would no. you really want to... I just listened to, an, um, there's an interview with Sia, with uh, Howard Stern, and then the, there's one she did for Nightline, I think. Both of which I, I've actually replayed a couple times. Oh, because listen to those. It's really, you should listen to it. Yeah. It's really good because she's very clear about what does not work for her, you know. She also is, you know, realized like she's bipolar and... Um, doing well and sober and, and doing fantastic, but she's pretty clear about like, here's what I like, here's what I don't like. She's like, I need routine, and I could relate because it seems similar to me. I'm like, I need routine, uh, being on the road for the first, she just nailed it. Like, the first two weeks, kind of fun, and then the rest is actually pretty lonely, and yeah. I can't do it. That's, I don't want that. And it's interesting because I didn't realize she was bipolar, but if you have something that that you have to manage, then you yeah. do have to be very clear. You can't be willy-nilly about it. Like, I don't think I like being on the road. It's like, no, it's going to do damage to you if you don't know yeah, what you're sure. doing. Well, she talked about she would bring her dogs on tour or look for things. And then I think at some point she was medicating with alcohol. And then I also just thought it was really interesting about her. Her rock bottom was, like, not that I can relate totally this, but um, is drinking but also doing a Xanax and Oxycontin. Well, that's a lot together. But, like, she had this thing, and she was, like, like totally, in a way, relates to this. So she was saying, uh, after 10 months of doing that stuff, she hit rock bottom. Um, prior to that, actually, but she'd also been, like, suicidal. like, um, and, and she goes, and somebody had asked her, like, well, you know, if you were drinking all the time, didn't you think there was a problem? And she was like, no, I thought I was relaxing. <laughs> and I, in a dumb way, like, post my mom passing and moving and all this stuff, Yes. I've definitely had times where, um, or in Minneapolis when we were moving and there's like this untold stress that you're not, probably not admitting to yourself, um, a, a week where, well, oh, I'm right. having wine and sitting but in I, a chair and that's my vacation. Well, you know? and, and I think that's the thing with drinking is that I don't think that all of a sudden you're pounding away. I think it just creeps up on yeah. you. Like, and you're not paying attention and you're yeah. like, oh shit, I'm... Um, yeah, yeah. But the fact that she said she goes, oh, I was relaxing. She goes, yeah, but six months of watching like the something housewives or whatever, you yeah. think something's wrong. Like, but you maybe you don't think that when you're like, oh, I 
it's insidious, you know. Oh yeah, it creeps up on you, and you have to yeah, you have to be, you have to know what it is that you what works for you. Yeah, and I think, and to go back, I think with um, the the great thing about Chris is that he's always so grounded about like the music in this will drive me crazy and it breaks my heart and it just taps into all my insecurities and Chris is not like that and he's just zen about it he plays music and that's what he does it's not here nor there and and the other day it was uh, interesting um, I was saying something because we have a friend that's thinking about making some changes and making them now because he doesn't want to regret not having you know made, made that that um, push and I said, oh, you don't want to end up like us? And Chris is like, do not put me in that box. He's like, whatever weird things you've got going on about it, he's like, I don't feel that way. He says, snap. No, and, and that's what I love about him is that he's he's right. He's like, he goes, I've been signed three times. He's like, he goes, I've not done as much as some, but I've done more than most. And he's like, he goes, we have a great life. I mean, we have a yeah. rock and great marriage. And it's, we do all these things and have all these opportunities. And he was right to to remind me, you know, I don't know what the hell it is you think you're chasing, but you have the brass ring. It's like, you know, right. Because in the end, um, would I trade Chris Friel to, to be, you know, have, to have made it? Right. No, because that's not what it's about. It's like, you wouldn't trade Orion and Marty because that's not what being human is about. It's about no, but what I think is enticing and what falsely pulls you is that it's it's extremely enjoyable to be powerful. Oh, it's it's extremely like enjoyable to be at the helm of a band, <laughs> going like I have your full attention, yeah. everyone. And I mean, it just it's it also makes you feel successful. Yeah, and it makes you know powerful is not a bad word to me. No, yeah, um, but to feel like you're on top of your game. That you are doing something well and getting noticed for it um, is really enticing. Not necessarily bad. No, but you want you to just be, have to put it in perspective. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you can have those things. I think if you dig in, right? Yeah. Like so, we talk about like, oh, we haven't been disciplined to do our work. It's like you dig in and do your work. Like I guarantee you, you're going to have some moments where you're the queen of something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the queen of of this festival you put on or you just know, the song you did the song you did yeah. you know you can find those niches without going on the road forever being lonely but we know a taste of being in bands that were popular and it's a, a nice ride oh hell yeah it's I mean, a it's very nice ride fun. I had a great time in my 20s yeah really fun but I, I also don't feel like you and I sit around my like Lamenting that that was the case. It's like we you move forward. It's like other things. I miss soaring like that, and it's not. It's really not about the ego. It's like there's a soaring feeling to the power. Like yeah, it's it's freeing. It's wonderful. It's full creativity in flight, and you're like whoa. When you're also you, everything is new, and everybody Mm -hmm. in the band is focused. Like Mm -hmm. we always joke around now. It's like it's like herding cats trying to get everybody to. Can you do the practice? No, everybody because everybody's got demanding jobs, they've got families, they've got everybody that Chris and I play with play with other people. So it's like, I got a gig, can you play this? And it's you know, it's a lot of logistics. It's very true. And it's tiring. It is really it's tiring. not like it was where you played in one band, everybody's down, you're practicing three or four nights a week. Yeah. And you yeah. know what you're pursuing. Yeah. Here's what I think is possible though, if we take this take this away, is You've earned the right to be a queen, and you are, right? So you get that. You've already got that badge. So if in your mind, if if all you do is in your mind continue that vision, 
then every time you feel like you're going through the process that's annoying or tiring or whatever, like, we're just coming the queen for a show, right? So you're always a queen. You're always a queen, you know, and God bless queens because they got it down. Yeah. But, uh, they do. And I just think that, that that's it's always attainable when you're like, because everyone, there's, I'm a big believer in like, there's enough to go around for everybody, right? So you are more than welcome to be calling yourself a queen and saying like, yeah, every time I play, it is um, me prepping myself as an artist to do my show. My show in my mind is my artwork and that's huge. Oh yeah. And that's all you need to say. It doesn't have to be, what do you mean? You think so many million people? I'm like, no, what I do is amazing and I'm doing it. That's all you need to say. You can take that anywhere. And they continue to do it. Yeah, you're huge right now. You're huge all the time. <laughs> in my mind. In your mind. That's what I say to people, too. They're like, oh, I heard you're a big rock star. In my mind. In my mind, I am. I still am. <laughs> I will rock you. in a band, and I think that. So. Right? Yeah. I think we've all got the right to say that. So that's what I'm saying out there to my listeners. You've got the right to be whoever you want in your head all the time. But I want a crown. <laughs> I'll get you one. Thank you, honey. I'm going to get you one. Okay, I think on that note, has it been three hours? No kidding. <laughs> no? I think we drank a bottle of wine. Uh, surprising. Eight, eight minutes after one hour, so not too bad. What? Okay, this one's for you listeners. I just narrowed it down. Kim and I are giving you gifts. <laughs> so, Kim, thank you. Thank you. For being this podcast. has been a pleasure. Right? Yeah. So, conversation. My very first awesome. one. Yes, I yes. love it. Good. I feel better. Do you feel better? I, I feel, feel better. better. I think, um, do we promote our show? Yes. Tell, yes. Let's do it. We have a show May 27th at Chop Suey. Is it 6 to 8 or 7 to 9? It's 6 to 9. Kim and I and Deja are going to play a show early at Chop Suey on Capitol Hill. Happy hour. Happy hour. Happy, happy, happy. Um, and we're, I don't know what we're going to do. I might do covers. I might force Justin to help me play or Rob not to play piano. Justin was just asking if he, he goes, why am I not playing that? I'm like, I don't know. I'll talk about it with Carrie. He is now. Bam. Okay, good. Justin, you're in. <laughs> so we're starting these early shows because we also love Jody who books that place. Yep. And then, um, I'm also maybe looking to do a live podcast there. So oh, fun. Um, I'll post the crap out of that on Facebook and see what cool. happens. All right. I like it. All right. Thank you. My love. See you, you later. Oh, your, uh, Indiegogo. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> and we're not done and yet. If you've actually listened this long, I'm currently doing an Indiegogo, um, to record a single, um, that's going to be put out on vinyl, actually, by the Mike McCready from Pearl Gem. You just nice. yes to that. So if you want to contribute anything to that, I'm extremely grateful. Um, and I just I'm, I just want to get in the studio and record and be extremely creative. So um, uh, it's Indiegogo slash Karaoke. Um, it's out there on Facebook. Uh, come say hi to me. And uh, there's even one on there that's about a ham sandwich and being on this podcast. So if you want to sign up for that, you and some friends even... I want a ham um, sandwich. You, <laughs> I will get you a damn ham sandwich, and you will be on this podcast. So, thank you one and all. Um, I feel like I should have some sort of like namaste at the end of this. So for today, it's namaste. <laughs>